And welcome to Catholics Coast to Coast. I am Ace McKay. Glad to be a part of your Lenten season as we head into some great conversations happening at Podcast Central. Easy to find when you go to EWTN.com slash radio, whatever you might be hearing or hearing portions of. You get the full conversation and you can take it with you wherever you go through Lent. Now, as we jumpstart each and every week, we always love to look at the Mass readings for this weekend. So let's get your word on the word. You know what gives me a lot of comfort in this Sunday's readings? What? Knowing that God promised not to destroy the earth again with water? Well, there is that. But also the fact that even though I mess up in sin, Christ still died for me, a sinner. Today, we're going to take a look at the second reading from 1 Peter. There's a lot packed into this one. It starts off talking about how Christ died to forgive all sins for everyone. The reading also discusses baptism. Yeah, how water not only washes away dirt from our physical bodies, but is an appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just a few days ago on Ash Wednesday, we were marked with ashes on our foreheads. But at the end of the day, we still wash them off with water. And we reflect on what we were told. Remember you were dust, and to dust you shall return. Or you may have heard, repent and believe in the gospel. This week, we challenge you, the next time you walk into a Catholic church and make the sign of the cross with holy water, reflect on your own baptism and what it means to you. And join us next week right here on EWTN. Bye. Great reflections as we head into the readings that tie straight into Lent, which makes it great as we head into this week and finding out ways to really deepen our walk with God as we continue with Catholics Coast to Coast, inspired by faith, helping us to cultivate better relationships during Lent. So Father John Burns joins the conversation to talk about his own journey of faith, including how the loss of his father deepened his faith and also brought his family closer together. Let's dive right in. This is Inspired by Faith on this week's Catholics Coast to Coast. Welcome to Inspired by Faith, a program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. I'm Emily Jaminette, and I'm joined each program in studio with my dear friend, Michelle Family. This is a show to help you to be inspired by our Catholic faith, live out the gospel message, and deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope this show provides you an uplifting 30 minutes to help refresh your soul and strengthen your faith. As it was born out of our friendship, we hope it encourages you to deepen and develop spiritual friendships with your sisters in Christ. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Emily. It's so great to be here getting ready for the 2024 Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. Well, it's finally feeling a little bit cold out there. So as a result, we know the conference season is coming because it's such a, a bright light. It's so joyful. It's such an opportunity to connect with others. And I just can't say enough about how excited I am for this February 17th conference. It is. We are getting all the final details in order and having lots of last minute meetings and just really looking forward to an amazing day with over 3000 sisters in Christ together. Well, I really think we are just in just this great crossroads where women are looking for spirituality. They're, 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 they're looking for truth. And the Women's Conference is a great place to go for truth, for fellowship, and for really an encounter with Christ. It's a spa for the soul. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Michelle. I like that. A spa for the soul. Well, we are blessed today that as we talked about, we're having a special conference series. And this year's theme is this wondrous gift because we are focusing on the national Eucharist Revival, which we're in the middle of, such an opportunity to encounter Christ in a, in a new way. 
And one of our speakers that we'll be having at this conference is Heather Kim. She's the co-host of internationally popular Abiding Together podcast. She and her husband, Jake, are the co-founders of Life Restoration Ministries, where she serves as the director of vision and ministry of the British Columbia-based apostolate. She also serves as the director of the Celtic Cross Foundation. Heather has more than 25 years of experience as a speaker and retreat leader and offers workshops for conferences in the United States and Canada. She attended Franciscan University of Steubenville and studied theology and catechesis, which Michelle and I are also Franciscan grads, so that's very exciting. Kim is passionate about evangelization, discipleship, and creating an environment that leads people to a personal encounter with God. She works with and volunteers in a number of capacities in the Archdiocese of Vancouver and serves on the Archbishop's Pastoral Council for six years. Her and her husband and three children live in British Columbia, Canada. Welcome so much to this episode of Inspired by Faith. Hello, Kim. I mean, hello, Heather. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's an easy mistake. Oh, it's so good to be with you both. Thanks for having me today. (laughs) We're so looking forward to having you here in Columbus. Now, is it freezing in Canada as like it is here? You know, we are just having our first snow today. So it's actually been like about 50 degrees this whole winter already. So we've, we've been very blessed that way. But honestly, it's really beautiful to see the snow coming down. Oh, that's awesome. Well, one thing we do is we love to pray for our speakers. We pray for their travel. We just are so excited for, you know, the role that you have. And, you know, as we um, focus on this special um, speaker conference series, you know, could you share with us a little bit, you know, in your own voice and your own story, Heather, your faith journey, how you ended up um, obviously really giving your life to Christ and serving the church um, in a time when so many women uh, really need to step up. So thank you for saying yes to that. Uh, it is a privilege to serve God in all the ways that he, he has invited me to. So, yeah, I, gr- I grew up in a Catholic family, and, you know, to be honest, I was like most kids, like, just found it. I mean, it was, like, okay, and then as I got older into my, you know, early teenage years, I was pretty bored and wasn't seeing a lot of inspiration around me, didn't really understand it. It wasn't personal to me, um, but I was invited to go to a youth conference. Uh, in Washington State when I was about 14 years old, and it was there that I had a very powerful and personal encounter with Christ, which radically changed the course of my life. So although there was still struggle and still trying to figure things out, you know, throughout high school, I had been so impacted um, by the person of Jesus that that started to change the, the trajectory of where my heart was headed and where my desires were going. And so after high school, I ended up joining a, a ministry team, a traveling ministry team doing evangelization which I was with for about four years, and then I went to Franciscan University and decided I needed to get some theology and (laughs) some things to sort of like, you know, really ground uh, my my personal experience that I was having in the truth of of the Church and the teachings of Jesus. And then uh, from there, you know, I got married, my husband and I started a ministry, and I I just knew from a very young age, like, Jesus had captured my heart, and and I was going to give my life in whatever way He asked. So that's happened through motherhood, through just serving in our local area, and then through traveling and speaking. Um, but yes, I agree with you. You know, women today, we have a, we have a vital role to play, men and women both, you know, in our complementary and unique 
ways God is calling us to make a gift of ourselves to the world. And and we might find ourselves, you know, like I said, like as a mom at home or as a student or as a nurse or wherever we find ourselves, uh, the world needs light and, and is experiencing a lot of darkness. So so that, that's my encouragement, you know, for all of us to just make a yes right where we are. Awesome. We're just so excited to have you here in Columbus. I know we have a lot of fans of your um, amazing podcast because we have it broadcast here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And um, we were wondering if you could tell us a little bit, though, about your ministry, Life Restoration. So what what is it all about and how did you get involved in this? Yeah, so my husband and I started Life Restoration um, in 2004. And it really just was kind of the umbrella for all of our ministry. But over the years, we've really kind of narrowed down what we're doing. And primarily we work um, in formation and in evangelization. So we're trying to create opportunities for Jesus to encounter people and to also help disciples increase their potency. And so the way we do that, my husband just launched an identity course because we feel like this is at the core of who we are. We need to understand that we are sons and daughters of God. If we don't get that right, it's very hard to navigate our way through life. Um, But we also do events. We do accompaniment. uh, We do a lot of partnerships with other ministries. So my husband, Jake, right now is doing a a week-long retreat for priests. He also works with bishops in the area of healing. Um, and restoration, and then we have our books and podcasts and everything else that we do. So that really is just the the vehicle that we're using to respond to what God has called us to. I'd love to sit at your dinner table and just listen to the discussions, right, (laughs) of the two of you. And, um, you know, I, I love how you're willing to say yes to the work, yes to the vineyard. And a lot of times we live in a culture where we get so easily intimidated by, you know, what's what's in our what's what's before us but the women's conference day is so unique because like you mentioned everyone has all these different hats outside the world but when we come to this conference we are we are daughters of the king you know we are just Mm -hmm. here to receive and you receive that opportunity for some fellowship an opportunity to to come together and you know, one of the gifts is just being able to glean that wisdom, which we get to, you know, when we listen to the Abiding Together podcast, and we've had Sister Miriam, you know, come and speak, and she's just uh, such a gift. Maybe you could share with us, you know, what what that's like for you to, you know, that that growth of sisterhood and, and fellowship and, and really that back and forth dialogue, you know, how has that strengthened your faith? Mm. It's been absolutely essential for me. You know, obviously, I, I just described I'm married and I have kids, and, and they're the most important people to me. But I would say, like, my the sisterhood relationships have also been vitally important for me in my faith journey and just in my personal life. Um, to have other women who are willing to get into the trenches with me and hear all of the joys and sorrows, and for me to be there for them, too. I mean, we really have been a support for each other through the thick and thin. And that's been a great source of encouragement for me, you know, to just keep going because life is hard, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's hard. There's so many different stages that we go through and circumstances we find ourselves in that we may not, we, we don't choose many of these things. And so when we find ourselves in a peculiar place that we maybe haven't walked before, to have the gift of sisters who are willing to go there with us, to have hope for us, to pray for us, to intercede for us, to rejoice with us and celebrate with us, Wow, that that is an incredible gift. And so that's one of the reasons why I love that you guys do this conference, and I love that people are going to come and come together, because it's important that we come together to be encouraged and then are sent back out into the places that God has planted us. 
Well, Emily and I, we know we're longtime listeners of your podcast, but some people might be streaming this uh, podcast today and not be familiar with Abiding Together. So can you tell us a little bit about your program and um, some of the fruit from it? Sure. So it's with two of my best friends, Michelle Bensinger, who we met at Franciscan University when we were students, and then Sister Miriam James Hyland, who I met probably almost 15 years ago now. And we've just been journeying together in a deep friendship for a long time before the podcast ever started. And then we had a friend who came to us and said, you know, said to me, you know, would you like to start a podcast? And I said, absolutely not, <laughs> because I'm actually pretty shy. And I just, you know, I didn't know anything about it, and I didn't want to do it. But through conversations, he basically just said, I, I want to open this door for you and, and do a lot of the support work to help get you off the ground. And who would you want to do this with? And immediately I thought of these two because we had already been having such rich conversations. And so we thought, well, you know, maybe we just want to invite other people into these conversations that we're having because each of us had had a longing in our heart to have women who were maybe a step ahead of us or on the journey with us to share things with us as we were going through and didn't know where to find them. And we thought maybe we could just offer some, a place of rest and encouragement for people who are on their journey with Jesus. And we've been absolutely blown away by what God has done. It was like a simple yes to put a microphone in front of our faces, but to see what God has done with that, I mean, He truly is a miracle-working God, because hearts are being changed. People are bonding together in their own friendships to have their own discussions. We have, you know, questions and discussion questions for every episode. But people are coming into the church. People are coming back to Jesus. It, it has just been a tremendous gift for each of us. I, I really appreciate you sharing about that. And, you know, one of our goals here at St. Gabriel with this uh, podcast is Inspired by Faith. We want people to be inspired to take that next step, to say yes to Jesus, to be a witness mm-hmm. in their community. And, you know, maybe as we're talking about the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, you know, uh, Heather, could you share with us maybe something that you've been praying about the conference or a sneak peek into you know, what you where, what you really want to share with the women when you attend in just a few short weeks. So we're counting down. We're in the, the, the tick-tock yeah. of the clock. <laughs> yes, I can't, I can't wait to be with you, actually. I'm really excited about this. Um, you know, the thing that I've been thinking about, I'm still working on my talk and praying through it, but the, but the main thing that has been coming to me is that often we go through life, and right now there's a lot of things that are coming at us to assist us and to help us, like AI things and our, you know, our smartphones, and, and and I think that often we end up relating to God in, in the same way, that we're just asking Him to come alongside and be our assistant, and that is not who Jesus is. Of course, He wants to help us, but more than that, He wants to save us. He wants to come into our life and do the things that we cannot do for ourselves, that we're actually incapable of doing, and He has the power to heal, to restore, to set free, to forgive to raise us from the dead, and and that is the Jesus that I want to preach about at the conference, and and that I'm praying each person who comes will have a deep and powerful personal encounter with. Amen. Yes. (laughs) That sounds awesome. Well, we talked a little bit about the sisterhood and how um, days like the Women's Conference can be really spiritually beneficial for women, and I've seen, you know, you put, you do these events like this all the time, you know, so you're constantly at women's events and so what why would you encourage people maybe someone's out there they're on the fence like I don't know I'm not holy enough or that's not really my thing um what would you say to encourage women who to take that step and to to join us on Saturday February 17th this year yeah well first of all I just want to say all are welcome 
no matter where you find yourself, whether you've been away from God, away from the church, whether you're in ministry, it, do, it doesn't matter. No matter what state of life you're in, God is calling each of us in our unique gifts and personalities uh, to come into relationship with Him. And and I think that at events like this, this is where we can just make space for God to move. It's hard to do in our daily life. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things vying for our attention. And I think when we make space for God, even for just one day, it, it is it is powerful because God wants to meet us. He wants to speak to us. He wants to show up and, and gift us with His presence, you know, and that's what this conference is all about, really, the wondrous gift of the presence of Jesus. So, yeah, I want to encourage people to come. You never know what God might have in store for you and how he might reveal himself to you. And like I said, for me, my, my initial encounter and conversion happened at a retreat, at a, you know, an, a, an event like this. And I think there is power when women come together, too, in the name of Jesus, about what God can do with a group of women. So, yeah. It's a, such a beautiful day. I always say it's like Christmas for me. I look forward to it like Christmas Day because the spiritual gifts— that are given, if you come with that expectant faith, it's always more than you ever anticipated. It's always such a wonderful time. And you sometimes unpacked these gifts like over the months, right? That we, you know, Emily and I have talked about, you know, maybe it's something a speaker said that will resonate in your ear, or maybe it's something that happened when you went to confession, or maybe you had a powerful experience during Eucharistic adoration. Maybe you picked up a book in the vendor area and then later read it and it really touched your heart. So there's so many ways that God wants to touch you through these day, through this special day. So we do hope that you just take that time out of your schedule, to put this on and to come and enjoy and soak in the Lord. I really appreciate you sharing that, Michelle. And, you know, right now we are listening. You're listening to the Inspired the Faith podcast, a program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. I'm Emily Jaminette. I'm in studio with Michelle Fanley. And today we're talking to Heather Kim about the work she does. We're anticipating the 2024 Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. And, you know, ladies, I just want to tell you, recently a woman came to me and said she was having a situation in her family. And she said, I remember the talk given at the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference like four years ago. And we tracked that talk down. We tracked the book down. And she was able to really minister to a child in need. And so it's not just, you know, our, yes, we want you there in person, but you might, you know, unpack some of this messaging, like Michelle said, years later, months later, you know, um, seasons in life later. Do you ever see that, Heather, where, you know, it, the fruit takes a while, but it really, it really comes out in a beautiful way, like my story? Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's so many things that have been planted deep in my heart for many years ago that God is bringing to fruition right now. I mean, that's how it works, even in seasons and how God created the world. We see that there is time, you know, that, that things need to be cultivated and to bear fruit. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, one, allowing space for seeds to be planted, like at events like this. And two, like to learn the disciplines of the spiritual life that will help to cultivate those seeds to grow into something beautiful. And, you know, ladies, sometimes people say, no, thank you, right? It's not for me. But it does, you know, I, I just can't encourage you to keep asking. This is a great time to just, because people might be in a different place than they were two years ago when they said no. And a lot of times we say no because we think it's a better yes to something else. But if, if you do it with sincerity and kindness, you know, it's it's enduring. So I, I want to encourage you to keep asking you know, your your neighbors, your family, those that you care for uh, to, to come and encounter Christ at the Women's Conference. 
And Heather, um, I know you also do a lot of work with healing, as you mentioned before, and we've had you on the podcast before, and I thought you've told some really amazing stories about stories of healing that have occurred in your life. And I think some people don't think that happens in this day and age. So would you mind sharing a story or so about, you know, how healing has happened in your life? And um, so I think others can expect it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't remember what I shared before, so I might repeat myself. Um, But honestly, there's been so many things that God has been healing over the course of my life or that I've witnessed some healing in other people. And that's everything from physical healings to emotional and, and, uh, you know, mental illness healings and uh, even down to perspective healings, uh, sin, being healed of sin and addiction. Uh, I've, I've seen it over and over and over again. And God really is who he says he is. This isn't just a story, you know, that, that has been made up that we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better about the hard things in life. He truly is who he says he is. And I think it just begins with opening the door to say, God, like, here's some places that I need your healing. And will you come and heal me? And now, of course, there's a process and there's lots of things that I would recommend for people on a healing journey, which is why one of the reasons why I wrote a book called Abide, which is about healing. But just one in particular, you know, there was several years ago, probably a little over a decade ago, I really started to struggle with panic attacks and anxiety and then depression sort of just compounded the whole situation. And I had never struggled with that before. It had never been a part of my life to my knowledge. And then all of a sudden, it just came like a freight train into my mind and into my heart. And this dark cloud just seemed to, you know, fall over me. And I remember going through that season and and trying a number of different things. Of course, I'd started counseling and I was going to see different doctors and I was suffering from a lot of physical ailments as well. And I, I remember crying out to God over and over again, like, Jesus, please take this away. Like, please heal me. And it just felt like the answer was not yet or no. I mean, I just wasn't sure, but nothing was changing. And I think that is often a place where we find ourselves is that, you know, we're praying, we're asking, and nothing seems to be happening. But the truth was, is that God was working under the surface in so many different areas to pull things together for me that led me to a point where I really, really finally gave up. Because until then, I had been struggling also with so much self-reliance, and I didn't actually think it was a struggle. I thought it was a good thing. I thought, I thought, hey, you know, we got to keep it all together and be strong and handle it. And what I didn't realize was that I wasn't actually operating in a dependency on God and letting go and really trusting Him. I was taking a lot of things into my own hands, and the yoke was heavy. And Jesus was saying, Heather, I want to teach you a new way, because my yoke is supposed to be easy because I'm supposed to be with you in it. And it wasn't until I hit this breaking point that I actually experienced breakthrough. And that happened through a community and through a time of prayer and deep friendships that I had with people who came around me to pray with me. But it was really over the course of the two years that I would say the whole breakthrough was actually happening. It wasn't just the one moment. Um, and, and Jesus really did set me free from all of those things. I, I didn't have to be on medication anymore. All of the physical symptoms went away, and the anxiety disappeared. And so Jesus really can set us free, and I know a lot of people are struggling in those areas, and sometimes they can be lifelong struggles, but even in the midst of that, Jesus wants to come and meet us right where we are to be with us in our suffering and to bring freedom to us however he chooses to. Oh, Heather, thank you for sharing that. And you know, isn't it true that the, as we go on this path and this journey, these difficult moments, we hopefully choose to empathy and better understand other people's struggles 
especially after you go through it. So I'm sure you are so sensitive to those who are struggling with such as, you know, the anxiety and um, the depression and, and all of that. That's that, oh, that, thank you. Uh, now, um, your book Abide, um, can you tell your listeners, you know, maybe uh, sometimes I find people want to read the books ahead of time. So, you know, where's the mm-hmm. best way to, you know, connect with you, learn about your book and, um, you know, to get ready for your visit to Columbus? Yeah, thank you. So, the, I mean, the book can be found anywhere, like Amazon or your local Catholic bookstore might have it. Um, Aubrey Maria Press uh, has it. And, um, yeah, I wrote the book because it really came as a, as a it's, it's a lot of my own stories, but it's filled with also a lot of practical tools. Because that's usually how, when I'm sitting at a talk, I'm thinking, okay, this is great, but what do I do? <laughs> so I tried to bring that that kind of question to the book to, to help people go, here's a few things that you can begin doing in, in pursuing a pathway of healing. And so in there also, I'm just trying to ground people in the truth of the big story of the gospel that we find ourselves in, because I feel like often we're wandering through life and we don't know where we're going. You know, we feel actually really untethered and lost. And and that's one of the tactics of the enemy, I think. And so I just wanted to help people. Let's ground ourselves in the truth of who we are and where we are in the gospel story. And then also, like, what does Jesus, who is he, and what does he desire for us? And how can we invite him into the places that we actually so desperately need him so that we're not white-knuckling our way through life, but we, so that we can really be free? And then share that freedom and joy and light with other people who are in this dark world. So that that really is sort of like the basic part of the book. And um, yeah, um, my my hope is that it really helps people a little bit on their journey towards healing and to Jesus. Wow. You know, in these last few minutes, maybe you could share with the listeners, you know, where the best way for them to connect with you. Uh, again, you know, your podcast um, and just uh, where where to find you. Yeah, so they can, I mean, Instagram, uh, Facebook on there, um, both personally, but also Abiding Together Podcast, our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, and we have a lot of great little video clips and stuff on Instagram. And then uh, our ministry, my husband and I have, is called Life Restoration. That's liferestoration.ca is the website. And he has a podcast called Restore the Glory with Dr. Bob Schutz, and uh, again, his identity course that we're offering here in the next month. So lots of places, and I would love to connect with whoever whoever would like to connect with me. Wonderful. Well, we cannot wait to see you here in Columbus. It will be here before you know it. Um, Any last words before we um, sign off here, Heather? And we will see you here soon. Yeah, just one last encouragement. Women, if you're listening to this and you haven't signed up yet, I want to personally invite you to attend this conference. I truly believe that God is going to move in power, and I would love to see you there. Thank you so much, Heather. We will see you on February 17th. God bless, ladies. I can't wait. God bless. It is so exciting. It's going to be here before we know it. And we have an incredible lineup this year. We're going to have Father John Burns, Father Timothy Anastas. Uh, We're going to have music by Marie Miller. Claire Dwyer is going to be sharing about St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. And Bishop Broglio is going to be here saying a vigil mass. We're having a little change up. Uh, this year and having a vigil mass at the end. 
And we also have an exciting announcement as I'm looking over my shoulder at this large Padre Pio statue. Um, we're having the relics, uh, first class relics from Padre Pio from the National Center for Padre Pio will be there for people to venerate during the conference. Wow. You know, I felt like we had some exciting news to talk about. And you just, well, you have to get to the very end of the show to learn these two big, big. major, uh, you know, spoilers. But I, I love the idea of the vigil mass because a lot of women turn around and go to mass, you know, right afterwards. So... I could see a great fruit in that. Yeah, it'll be a beautiful time to just at the end of the day to celebrate Holy Mass together. And we'll have adoration still during the day. Um, and of course, all the other amazing things we have at every conference, confession, lots of amazing vendors and uh, Catholic organizations you can visit, great food. And of course, lots of fellowship with our sisters in Christ. And now relics. I mean, I you just you just you outdid yourself. I love it. Well, um, let us be close in prayer, and then thanks so much for being here. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Inspired by Faith. We hope you are blessed and inspired by this episode. To find out more about the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, visit columbuscatholicwomen.com. And to hear more about our work, please check out inspirethefaith.com. God doesn't make mistakes and brings us closer to Him during those hard times. That's Father John Byrne sharing his story on Inspired by Faith. If you want the full conversation or maybe ones you might have missed, just go to Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio. That way you can share wherever you need or you just want to re-listen in its entirety. I am H1K. When Catholics Coast to Coast returns, we're going to join the Catholic Man Show, which, of course, now that we are into the Lenten season, Adam and David talking about the seven forms of bodily discipline. And this is all according to St. Peter. As we get into this week's episode, we'll do that next on this week's Catholics Coast to Coast. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central. It's like podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcast today. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. We've got Adam Minahan here. <laughs> I say we have him here. That's the royal we. There's been very few episodes where we have not had me here. Very few. One that I can recall. Two. Two that I can recall. Yeah. Two. Uh, I believe it's two. There's an episode that In fact, you did. one, you were here, but you were just downstairs because right. you were very sick. Because I was incredibly sick with Father Danny Grover. Correct. We talked about divine mercy. Um, we're going to be talking about the seven forms of bodily discipline okay. today. Okay. Um, w- the text that we're going to be pulling from that we were mentioning just a second ago is the Philokalia. I know. I always say Philokalia, and I know that's not right, but that's just like what I started calling it Oh, well, a couple I don't, years ago. I don't know how to say it. Uh, I'm just saying well, how I, I would I, say it. I asked, so I have a guy, uh, a guy who works with me. He's an uh, Eastern Catholic. And he said Philokalia? Uh, I, oh, yeah, I think he said Philokalia. Okay. Um, 
but I say Philokalia. Sweet. I feel like I nailed it then. So one of the ways, like, because Eastern... Uh, tell, tell us what this is. What is the Philokalia? So uh, Eastern, like, Eastern Catholicism is very interesting and... and uh, a little like people don't understand what it is or like what it is. Yeah. We're talking. About, um, we're not talking about not orthodoxy. Very, no, but it's not. It, it's not something that's very familiar to a lot of people. Um, the best way to get from familiar with it is uh, a book by. It's called The Way of the Pilgrim. It's a beautiful book. It's short. It's easy to read. It's a beautiful uh, mm. book talking about um, a monk who it, we don't know who the author is. He intentionally did not. Uh, put his name on on the book, but it's about this uh, this pilgrimage that this this monk goes on to basically learn how to pray without ceasing, the desire to pray without ceasing, and what that re- really truly means. And he goes to town to town, to asking all of these teachers and uh, spiritual gurus to uh, ask him what does it mean. Throughout the whole journey, he he holds two things in his hand: the Bible and the Philokalia. And these are the things that he... Those are the things he found that were the, the essentials of life. Yes. Um, so we were talking... Your phone about, can't handle it. That's the thing. We were talking about, uh, you know, Eastern, like, uh, the Eastern uh, side of the church. You know, the, uh, Pope Benedict had a beautiful saying uh, of, like... Or, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think it was actually JP2 that had a beautiful saying talking about the two lungs of the church breathing together. Um, the Eastern side of the church has a more of a, a mystic side to it. It's, it is, Which I like. Personally, it's a, be- it's a beautiful side. I favor the mystics, and and something that's not familiar to a lot of Western uh, Roman Catholics. Yeah, the uh, Latin Catholics, because we're not. Um, there's just not a lot of mysticism um, that we 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 promote. And so, anyway, one of the things I was saying before the break is is talking about how like if you're wanting if you're interested in this, it's a beautiful prayer uh, talking about uh, it's the the Jesus prayer. Um, and the Way of the Pilgrim is, is what it's called. There's actually two books to it, um, but the first one's called The Way of the Pilgrim. The Pilgrim t- holds into his in, in his hand and is like one of the things that he cherishes the most outside of the Bible is is this this compilation of texts. And it really, what it is is it's ancient uh, Eastern Catholic writings from a lot of it. Saint Nicholas, I believe, Saint Maximus, uh, the Confessor. Um, there's, there's yeah, St. Maximus, that's the guy I was praying with today. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's, there, and it's just a compilation of Eastern Father texts, uh, on spirituality, on, on virtue, on vice, on, uh, prayer. There's a lot of different, um, you know, topics that they talk about, but those are the kind of the essentials that they, that they have. Yeah. Uh, one of them, which we did an episode on, on watchfulness, uh, which I wrote an article actually for, uh, mm-hmm. on, on this topic. Um, which is beautiful. It was a, it's a beautiful concept of, of uh, understanding almost kind of the psychology of like whenever a, an evil thought comes into your head, like what you should do about that, you know, uh, and like how you should recognize it and how to to push it away uh-huh. um, and, and not allow that to fester because I think everybody can relate to this idea of something coming into your head and thinking about it and not, oh, I'm not going to do it. And then like... A few minutes later, you're still entertaining that idea, and you're like, "Well, I mean, I mean I, like, 
I'm not going to do it, but I may like think about doing it, you know. And then like you know, five minutes later, but I'm then, obviously not going to do it. But but then it's but like, it, but you know what? It'd be funny. But it'd be it'd be it'd kind of be nice. Like I would like to do it. And then yeah. like you, you you see this the road that you're traveling yeah. down. I mean, right? I'm obviously not going to do it. Right. But, but God, maybe I'll be tempted by but, it. But yeah, it would, you know, like I'm not going to do it. But like, but it would be cool. Right. And and so um like anyway I uh we I've did a, we did an episode on it called it uh, on the four. Uh, four four steps of watchfulness. Um, you can go back and check that out. But anyway, so we're going to talk about um, uh, the seven. What is it called? The seven forms of the dis- disciplining of, of your bodily, body. Bodily discipline. Um, this is very appropriate, probably as we are approaching Lent. Um, if you're doing Exodus ninety or you're thinking about doing Exodus Lent, right now they're they're talking about pre Lent, which is something that the church actually used to do a lot. Did you know this? I did. Yeah, there was actually pre-Lent. This is actually something that uh, all Except Catholics... Except Sunday. Yeah, it's like all Catholics used to do this, right? And it was basically... And this totally makes sense. Before you go running, right, you stretch. <laughs> Pre-Lent is basically like a stair-stepping into Lent, right? So it's a, it, it's a slow progress of like, okay, we're going like, uh, we're, we're to not have meat on Wednesdays and Fridays. And then it's like not dairy. We're not going to have dairy products. And like, so it's just slowly preparing yourself... Um, for the Lenten sacrifice. So, as we're approaching this time period, it's it's good to be talking about like yeah. bodily mortification. Discipline. Yes. Yeah. Actually, we're not talking... Yeah. Mortification tends to carry like connotations. I don't know what he's showing yeah, us that's here. Yeah, sh- Shrove Tide. Yes, on Tuesdays. Shrove yes. Tide. I, w- I was really hoping, Jim, that you were showing him like an article that says like you should never stretch before you go running. That's really what I was hoping it was. Instead, it was something helpful and religious, which is great. Which is really great, Jim. Okay, so once again, uh, these are, this is written uh, by St. Peter of Damascus. Um, So, you know, like like you mentioned, this book is full of the writings of different ancient uh, saints or or abbots. Not all of them are saints. Some of them were like the abbot of a certain monastery or abbey. But most of them are very unfamiliar to us. Typically from the third, fourth centuries. Yeah. Not to mention they're not Western, like you said. Right. So that's another reason. Anyway, so this is um, him writing what he, he viewed to be the seven forms of bodily discipline. Okay. Um, the first one is stillness. You wouldn't, I don't think that that's something that springs to mind when you think of a bodily discipline, but stillness. And, um, there's a note here that was talks about what what he means by that in Greek. In Greek, the word stillness not only um, refers to like an inner tranquility, but also exterior withdrawal into solitude. So literally, like having solitude. Did you experience this recently? Yeah. So um, at the beginning of Exodus 90, yeah, um, I was home alone. Can't watch movies. Can't you can't basically do. There's no entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like no nothing you can do. Um, and I, I caught myself like, oh, maybe I'll go smoke my pipe. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because the only reason I, the only reason I want to do that is just because I like want to like be entertained. Mm-hmm. You know, I could just feel like, oh, I, my appetite's just like fussing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And I just sat there. Just, I had a glass of tea drank some some hot tea, just sat there in quiet. 
and just like listened to my appetites complain <laughs> and said, get it out of your system. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Keep going. Yeah, what else you got? Um, and it was very boring. <laughs> so boring. Uh, but I just knew that like, hey, yep, this is, uh, this is why I need Exodus 90. You mm-hmm. know, I need programs like this. Uh, because otherwise my, my, I just like slowly, I have not, I have not mastered temperance. I mean, that's, that's the long and short of it, you know, and, um, my appetites get out of whack over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a kind of a, I've gotten a lot better, um, than what I used to be several years ago, but you know, by the time nine more months rolls around, I'm usually ready again. Yeah. You know, I need it. Well, uh, and this makes sense, right? Because, you know, even the Psalms since we've been reading them uh, quite a bit recently. Um, over the weekend. Over the weekend. Yeah. You know, be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, it's very hard to... Uh, it, or let me say this. It's very easy to, to, to be the master of your own domain, you know, in this world, right? You know, to, to, to be like, no, I'm in charge of this, I'm in charge of this. Especially because if you have a family, you know, and, and you're, the, you're the head of the home, so, like, you're having to do all of these things and, like, make all these decisions with the, within the household and, like, continually, like, do all of these things. Um, and then not being still uh, doesn't allow you to, to, to unite with God. Like, this is the, this is the importance of of adoration, right? Mm-hmm. Having a weekly yeah. adoration hour. Adoration is stillness. Uh, to, to just be still in front of the Blessed Sacrament, knowing that for 2,000 years, our Lord has been waiting for this very moment for you to walk into that chapel to spend time with you and for you to just sit there and allow His love and mercy to, to pour upon yeah. you. And I, I do want to make one comment about this, that the, um, these these were... Um, St. Maximus, no, um, St. Peter... Uh, Damascus. Damascus, thank you. He was writing this to um, monks. Okay, right. so yeah, yeah. this is specifically written to monks, but um, so much of the great spiritual works um, were, were, and what you know, we just take them, we're applying this. I just want to read some of his comments here. Okay. He says, um, this is on stillness, by removing ourselves from human society and distraction, we escape from turmoil and from him who walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Instead, we have but one concern, how to do God's will and prepare our soul so that it is not condemned when we die. <clears throat> he goes on to say that um, uh, we have, that through, our, through the stillness, through the solitude, um, we have come to see what we could never have hoped to perceive had we lived outside our cell. I mean, if, that makes sense also because, like, if you think about the times in which you've sinned, like, mm. a lot of them have been with with a group of people. Sure, or influenced by them. Yes. Right, or trying to catch up with, the, you know, a lot of them. Um, yeah, and I think that there's this is a form of fasting that, mm-hmm. he's, that he's talking about. It's a form of sort of a social fasting, um, a fasting from the idea that, um, and, and obviously, this isn't. This in no way is counter to the need for fraternity. No, <clears throat> this this is not saying anything about that. No, um, what it is saying is a, a fasting from keeping up with fashion, with trends. With you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, when I heard Father Mike Schmitz one time talking about like the importance of going to bed early, 
and like saying yes. and saying like yes. no, uh, even when you're having a great time with a group of friends, like and you don't want to leave, like you know those times where it's like man, things are just this is the conversation's just, just, just getting good, like so fun, and like I'm I'm having so much fun yeah. with all my friends, uh, but you know like if I don't leave right now, I'm not getting up early and praying. Yeah, yeah, you have to getting up early is actually easy. It's going to bed early. Going to bed early is the hard thing. I am because obviously I'm trying my best to really like hone in on that. Yeah, and going to bed I early. Take, I take that very seriously. It doesn't mean getting less sleep. That's not what it means. It means going to bed earlier. And actually, that is the really hard thing to do. Number two. Numero dos. The second form of bodily discipline consists in moderate fasting. Moderate fasting. Just moderate. Adam, moderate fasting. And he goes on to say what moderate fasting is. He says, one should eat once a day. (laughs) And then, not to the point of satiety. We should eat one kind of simple and readily accessible food. If possible, the kind of food that we do not relish particularly. In this way, we can overcome gluttony, greed, and desire and live without distraction. But we should not refuse any kind of food completely, lest thereby we wrongly reject things that, being created by God, are wholly good and beautiful. That reminds me of the one of the Clear Creek monks who, who talked to us one time and said, like, you should never go with uh, eating a meal without some sort of sacrifice. Yeah. And he said, like, you should be able to have 10 people around you if they're all watching you eat. And none of them would be able to say, all of them would say, oh, he gave up this or he gave up that. Like, they'd never be able to pinpoint, all 10 of them would never be able to say in, like, unanimously saying, like, oh, well, he did this as a sacrifice within the, within the meal. He said, yeah. like, whether that be, like, oh, I actually wanted three shakes of salt and One, I only did yeah, two. exactly. Or, or like 10 seconds before your first bite. Or, right. Or, like, you know, whatever it is. It, uh, it's something small. It's the small things that God likes the most, I think, sometimes. Yeah. I just think it's hilarious that he calls this moderate fasting because he's essentially saying only eat one meal a day and then like even then not to the point where you're, like you should still be hungry after your one meal. Well, again, and then this is like back- only one kind of food. Like yeah. what'd you have? I had potatoes, but only enough to take the edge off. Okay? Like well, this again, this goes back to uh you know, Christians were just a little bit more hardcore back yeah. then. Uh, there's a there's a, a priest, Father Jason, who was at the summit. Uh, yep, who yep. Gave, who gave that? Uh, is he Eastern? Corvatus. Yeah, is yeah. He he's Eastern? Ukrainian. Okay, yeah. Ukrainian. That's what it is. And he made this this point. He said, like, when you're at Lent, is this uh, psychology of of understanding like how how to how to fast well? Because most people say like I only I, like I eat. And I don't eat during these times, namely like on Fridays or something like that, right? Or Wednesdays or whatever it is. Like I eat, but I don't eat during these times. And he says like, this is the wrong way of of thinking about Lent uh, and fasting. He says, no, during Lent you say, I don't eat, but I eat during these times to keep, to keep myself sustained. So it's a psychology thing, it, you yeah. know. It's it's this idea of like instead of saying like oh I eat and that but I abstain during these times. It's like no 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 during the during this penitential time period. It's like I don't eat, but except, I eat ex- except during except these except that time. I have to maintain my body right except except during these time periods. Yeah. To 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 be able to carry out my vocation. Yeah. And he says like that little change, that little switch of going from uh, either I eat except for during these times or I don't eat. 
except to do to to fulfill my vocation yeah. uh is is a huge psychology uh, I, change um i and you know he also he even talks in here about water about and you know there was a back in the day water was a part of the fast like and oh, man, and I can't, it was like um you, that you should only so you should only drink days. like a little bit of water and i think i think the church has moved away from that now that um, you know like, that, like the health you need, you need like yeah like it's, like it's actually it's super bad for you not to right. drink water but that's what they used to do it's like only as much water as it takes to keep you alive you know actually that's a good light uh, that's a good like fast hack for you like uh, as you're fasting drink more water just drink more water yeah i actually find it easy to eat only one meal a day i say easy it's a um it's a it's uncomfortable. It bothers me, but I don't find it difficult. What I find to be difficult is in that one meal to to not just make totally not make gorge. up to totally make up for it for the rest of the day. Two thousand calories. That's, no, meal. that's exactly what. And it's like yes, because I'm just by the time dinner rolls around, I am ready to eat. Yeah. And then when that first bite goes, it's like oh baby, <laughs> here we go. Oh, that is good. Is there a way to put it, like slide into my mouth, like just right. slide down the gullet? Can we, like, let's yeah, just... like is there a truck? Yeah, we can back it up. I don't know. What's number three? Number three is the third form of bodily bodily dis. The third form of discipline consists in keeping moderate vigils. Something, tell, me, tell me what he says. Something just middle of the road. He says we should sleep for half the night, and the other half we should devote to the recital of psalms and to prayer. Compunctive sorrow and tears. Obviously, I don't know how much um, like uh, practical relevance this one has for like the married man, yeah, who has a family and a job yeah. to like show up for the next day. But I just I wanted to put it in here because I thought it was so funny that he was like just a moderate vigil where you sleep half the night and the other half I want you sobbing. Yeah, I want you. I want you like. Just to be racked and wrecked in compunctive sorrow and tears. And Jim, moderate. This is just a moderate vigil, okay? Because only you're only weeping for half the night. I mean, Saint. Uh, we said this recently in another episode that Saint John Chrysostom talks about, like the importance of prayer during the middle of the night, like and how efficacious it is, especially for a uh, husband and father. One thing that I've been trying to do at some like like because one thing about getting older is that you don't tend to sleep through the whole night. Like the idea of like sleeping, not sleeping through the whole night was a foreign concept to me up until yeah. the last like maybe three or four years. I but, I, but I utilized <laughs> that time uh, to even just say a Hail Mary or a St. Michael prayer um, during that time Like period. just when you wake up? Yeah, when I wake up in the middle of the night. Not like, when you have to get up. but No, just, when, just like you... when I wake up, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm already awake. Mm. I'm going to say a, a, a quick prayer. All right. Uh, that's that's also idea. one of the things that Sir T. Lunch talks about um, like when you first wake up in the morning to verbally thank the Lord for the day. Like that's the first thing that comes out of your lips. Yeah. The, what I, the first thing I do is say, tell the Lord, I don't want to get up, but for you, Lord, I can do it. Uh, so I do. Yeah. So some one thing I do is like uh, the first first thing I get up when I get up, uh, I I try to say like real thank loud. You, thank you. No. Wake Haley up. Thank thank you, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> Right into her face. Yeah. No. What, honey? I'm just thanking the Lord. Yeah. Go back to sleep. Okay, so the rest of these, I think, are a lot more practical. Um, The fourth form of discipline consists in recital of the Psalms. This is in order to... What he says is, it's in order to gall the body and humble the soul. 
And we do that that our allies, the angels, uh, may come to us, and that we may know from them where we receive, and that uh, we may know from them where we receive our help. Otherwise, in ignorance, we may grow arrogant, thinking that um, what we do is due to us. I, I think that the recital of the Psalms also have a lot of other um, benefits. The Psalms are so beautiful. Uh, in fact, very often when I do the daily readings, the Psalm is, is my favorite. Um, I, I like the, the repetition, like, you know, that re- just repeating of, of the verse, uh, of the respo- response, right, of the Psalm. And um, some of the Psalms, man, it's like, yes, this is exactly how I feel. Um, or sometimes I don't feel that way, and then when I read the psalm, it's like, oh man, you, I should feel that, you know, like um, such a good, it's such a good mirror for me sometimes, or such a good guidepost about like hmm. um, some of some of the psalms that David wrote were just profound, you know, uh, clearly a man uh, who was had ascended the ladder of prayer, who had ascended the ladder of just union with God, um, that, that he was able to write these hmm. things in such a real way, too. I mean, and, and it's not like, you know, I think a lot of people often associate holiness with pacifism, and you're not going to get any of that in the Psalms. Um, you know, you'll, you'll have side by side with this verse about just how, like, your law alone is what brings me joy. Next is like, and you have conquered and crushed my enemies. You have mm-hmm. like made them footstools under my feet. Uh, and just like some, it's, gosh, it's just the, the reality, the realness in the Psalms. I just really appreciate. So, I haven't appreciated the Psalms near enough or as they should be until <laughs> actually I, I feel like I've started reading more uh, uh of the great books, um, because I don't, I didn't feel like that I had the palate to have like to to appreciate the uh, poetics, and so there was a lot of th- times where I would feel like I would read the Psalms and it's like, yeah, I, I don't relate to this at all. Like this sounds actually kind of wimpy, like I don't, and, oh, really? or like I don't understand, like uh, you know, like I I just wasn't, yeah. uh, I didn't have. I didn't have the desire to have realism in my life as much, you know? And so like I was, you know, this is, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 years ago, right? Sure. That I'm oh, talking yeah. about this before, like I was, you know, I was wanting to hunt and like, you know, uh, hike and, and camp and like do all these other things. And it's interesting how, as uh, these things have intertwined into my life while reading some of the great books and being able to understand the the beauty of, of, of poetry, how much more I've, I've, I've come to appreciate yeah. the Psalms. Well, maybe out of the seven, you found one of them that you know you need to really give to God during the Lenten season. That is the Catholic Man Show, helping us to look at the seven forms of bodily discipline. So take those with you this week as you really commit those to fasting and prayer. And if you want to hear the full conversation or episodes you might have missed of The Catholic Man Show or any of our podcasts, just go to Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio. I'm Ace McKay, wrapping things up and looking forward to a great week. I hope you have a blessed one. And remember to let God define who you are. I'll see you again with Catholics Coast to Coast.